gentlemen, the time has come. What's better than this? Guys being dudes. The Athletic presents Hogan Johns. Hoach. 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 Put it in another corner. Hoach. From CHGO, it's Adam Hoag. And from The Athletic, it's Adam Johns. It's one of the craziest games that I've covered live. But yeah, crazy for me. I feel like, how many times a season do we say that? Yeah, but this one, like, I know. In the red zone. I'm, I'm not disputing what you're zone. saying. I'm just like, how does this franchise keep doing that? Anyway, uh, who cares? Here they are, the Adams, Hogan Johns. What is up? Another Sunday, another Bears loss. Four in a row? Yeah, but this time the quarterback might be hurt. That's not good. What's up, not Johnson? Not good at all. What's going on? I'm trying to give you a little ambiance from the, the press box booth where Tom Thayer and Jeff Joniak called home for a little bit. Can you see that? A little bit. Beautiful field. Here we go. Newer stadium. Looks good. Look at it's the... It's a nice, uh, nice stadium. Can you see the ceiling right now with the uh, the red? Yeah, yeah, that's where the uh, the cool roof opens. Does like the yes. looks like a honeycomb or something. I don't know. I just gotta say, I know. Uh, appreciate our li- our viewers watching live on YouTube. You should be subscribed. Hit that notification button so you know when we go live. Because sometimes it's not always at five. Today is an example of that. I can just only assume, John's, that you are watching the Marion Hosa retirement ceremony. I was not. Marion I don't Hosa, know, man. By the the way. thing ended, and then all of a sudden you popped up on the screen. You're ready to go. It's very <laughs> suspicious. It's just suspicious. I get it. He is my favorite all-time athlete to, to cover. I got to know Marion Hosa pretty well in my three and a half years covering the Blackhawks. Uh, we have children around the same age. I don't know if he's my all-time favorite athlete to cover, but he, he's up there. Top five for sure. Top three maybe. Yeah, so anyway, the host of that we were we had some of that on here at CHGO look cool. But that's not why you're here. This is a Bears podcast and the uh quarterback is a little banged up, John. So let's start there. You're you're there in Atlanta. What did you see? We saw your video on Twitter of uh Justin getting carted to what was probably an X ray room for further evaluation. What did you see? What did you hear? Yeah, first on that video, I assume the X ray room is pretty far around the corner. It is a big, massive facility with uh, a lot of fans around in, in that lower level. So I imagine he needed to get through that quickly. Some of the doctors were on that cart with them. The guy to his right on that cart is one of their security staff members. So yes, he was in route to go to the x-rays when I captured that video, but that's never a good scene. Never a good scene at all. You see players do that after games. It happens quite a bit, but it's when it's your quarterback, and you saw him grimacing in pain, walking slowly to the huddle. You're going through that locker room, and players are telling you how much pain he was in during that huddle, during those plays. You know it's not good. When he returns long after you know, a long evaluation period, and the, the faces on his teammates or the looks on the, the, the faces of his teammates, they're, they're not good. This is a problem for Justin Fields. This is a problem for the Bears that he's hurt. Big and, one. And Floos just said, we'll, we'll give you more on Wednesday. Well, that's his go-to answer, answer usually for injuries. But yeah. uh, My advice, uh, Maddie Floos, you're still new here to Chicago. I would uh, provide a little bit more of something tomorrow. This is Chicago. This is the starting quarterback. This is the most exciting this fan base has ever been about a quarterback in a really, really long time. I would uh, just show up tomorrow with a little bit more. That's all I'm saying. Now, Justin Fields did give us four and a half minutes, maybe five minutes, during his press conference, you could tell that he was in pain. 
Didn't have a sling, so maybe that's a good sign that the collarbone isn't seriously impacted right now. Um, I do think if it was like a, a serious break, he, he leaves the game. I'm not a doctor. Um, just like John Fox, I'm not a doctor. <laughs> I don't know how this thing fully works, but maybe that's a positive that there was no sling, but you could tell that he was in pain. His own words, I hurt pretty bad right now, so not good. Not good at all for the Bears. For for what it's worth, Pro Football Doc's speculation on Twitter based off the video was he expected the x-rays to be negative, and it was a possible AC joint sprain, So, which can be painful. Depending yes. on how bad it is, that could be a very, very painful thing. Also, potentially something he can play through a week from now. If that's all it is, it's his non-throwing shoulder might be okay. He did say that he thought it impacted his throwing motion a little bit. Maybe it led to the high throw to David Montgomery and the final play that led to the interception. Game over. After that, we'll have to see. Clearly, in those final three plays or the final two for sure, he wasn't himself. He was dealing with an injury. All his teammates in the they knew it in the huddle. They really did. Didn't look good. He, you saw the replays where he's like grimacing while he's running, and then there was that late hit. Can we just call that a penalty? Another blown one by the officials. It seems to be like a penalty blame. for every other quarterback. Yeah, yeah, just bad, bad, bad. Well, you, you compare that to the Marcus Mariota one on Kyler Gordon, you're just wondering what, like what's going on here. Late hit by Grady Jarrett. Um, one, of our, one of our commenters, he looked in pain before that. Yeah, one of our commenters on the CHO show had a good line. It was like, uh, it, it, how come it was – it was roughing the passer when Mariota was getting a foot massage, but not when, <laughs> not when uh, Fields got hit in the head. Um, it's bad. It's a, a, every week there seems to be something. So I guess if you're uh, happy about the draft pick, Bears now in the fourth spot in the order. She, thank the refs this year because they seem to have it out for them every <laughs> single week. There's, you know, can I say something for the blame the refs crowd? This is a good. Th- this game was. There were certain things like red zone, Jaquan Brisker, who's having a hell of a game, called off for the second time for a potential concussion, obviously like uh, the ATC spot or however that works, called off for a goal-to-go situation. And the next play, they run right to where he would be, run right at his replacement, and DeAndre Houston Carson touched down Marcus Mariota. You know, big turnaround for the Falcons. But like... (laughs) The timing of it, the situation of it, just awful, awful. It's two times this game. I'm I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but if I was one of these people out there who believes the NFL <laughs> games are fixed, the whole ATC spotter thing is very interesting. You could just call a player off on any given play. Oh, uh, yeah, it's uh, fourth down. The Super Bowl's on the line. I, uh, you know what? Patrick Mahomes, I don't know. He, we we got to call him off for a play. But the power the same, that the spotter has is very, very interesting. That's all I'm the, the same, like, it, like I made a joke to Kevin Fishman. What is he like? Just wobbly out there? That's, that's twice for Jaquan Brisker, and both times he passed. Now yeah, Kyler Gordon did not, but um, David Montgomery was called off the the field at one point too. Tristan Edmer came, came on. It was curious. I can't remember one situation like that for the Falcons. So for the blame the officials for everything crowd. A lot of ammunition today here in Atlanta. There's a lot of ammunition every week. All right, but let's talk about what the hell they were doing on that first down play. All right, I thought it was obvious. I don't know. Let's take out the things we learned post-game. Okay, for a second, because we learned that Fields was dealing with cramps. We didn't know that at the time. So at the time, we did not know that. We did know, and I don't know what you could see from the press box, 
But Johns Fox was showing multiple shots already at that point of Fields grabbing his hamstring, you know, not looking comfortable. Clearly, I thought on that run, like as soon as he took the snap and started running left, he didn't, didn't look, look like himself. He did didn't not have look like the himself. extra boost. And then, so here we're sitting here at CSGO, and Mark Kerman brags me, all three of us at the same time, we're like, what are you doing? Like while he's running, like what is the, what is the play call here? And then, and then on top of it, he gets tackled out of bounds, hurts his shoulder, which he confirmed happened on that play. It wasn't like it was a previous injury that got re-aggravated or anything. That right there to me is like coaching negligence to a pretty extreme. I will say there's not been a lot of that this season for as bad as the Bears have been. I think overall that's pretty encouraging for the future with this coaching staff. But I am just so confused on what they were thinking there. Um, and then on top of it, so if, even if your counter argument then is if you're Luke Getze and you're going, all right, well, my offensive line was bad today, which it was, and we just – we felt like the best opportunity was to get Justin Fields out in space. Maybe he can make a guy miss, pick up 15 yards, bam, we're closer to field goal range. Even if that's your argument, for us to find out later that he was dealing with cramps on the sideline, which clearly everyone over there knew or must have known on that sideline. They were stretching him out at one point. I don't know if you saw that. Fields laying on the ground. Andre Tucker stretching him out. He's looking at the iPad. These were all things that were well-documented at that point in the game. To call two design runs, and you could argue the second one was even worse because now yeah, he's yeah, dealing I, with the shoulder. What are you yeah, doing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the first one, to be honest with you, like I have no problem with the first one. It's Luke Gatsy going to what's worked for the past five games, right? Even though the Falcons did a better job than other teams at stopping it, it was still working at times in this game. So I have no problem with it. Like I was not surprised they ran the ball on first down, but then you. You saw it as he ran it that he wasn't himself. And then everybody in this stadium, as I point out here, watching at home, saw how slowly he was to get up. They had to call a timeout because of it, because of how slowly he was to get up. On the game in the game book for that play, it lists Justin Fields injured on this play. It says it. Everybody saw it. It was officially recorded, but then you call that on the next play. Sure, maybe you're trying to surprise surprise the Falcons, but I don't know. That's a bad defense. That's a bad explanation if we get that on Thursday, on Thanksgiving all days when we talk to Luke Edzi. Yeah, and I just I don't necessarily agree with you even on the first down call because if I know he's dealing with cramps and is not 100%, what are the chances he's really going to make a guy miss and get 20 yards? You know what I mean? Like I, I just don't. To, to me, it's the definition of I'm all for Justin running as long as they're doing it with, you know, smart calculated decisions to me that falls under the category of not a smart calculated decision on both of them especially the second one i agree especially the second second one is egregious and um really really questionable really really questionable it it happened so fast when he dropped back like oh good they're passing they should pass there's a minute 30 left you should be passing yeah let him try to win it through the air Maybe you didn't trust the protection. Maybe you're trying to set up some play action shot, but yeah, don't like it. Yeah, and then uh, you're, he was high in that throw to Montgomery. Montgomery, you could argue, could have made a, a tough catch on it, but throw was high. Clearly, I thought the shoulder affected affected him, even though it wasn't his throwing shoulder. And I'm going to be honest with you. like At that point in the game, 
didn't have a whole lot of confidence that they were going to be able to move the ball. The offensive line I would not shock me if this comes out to be their worst graded out game in the entire season. Just not not against. Good. Well, let's let's take context into consideration too. This isn't the the Washington Commanders with two first round picks, four first first round picks right. in the front four. This is not a good football team. Not a good football team. They're like the Lions, like losing to the Lions, giving up pressure to the Lions. The the Falcons are not good. I believe they have one of the worst pass defenses in, in the league. Yeah, it's all a problem, Adam. And on that previous drive, by the way, I thought Justin Fields, the touchdown drive that they had before, I thought Justin Fields made back-to-back really good reads. Pre-snap, post-snap. The third and three made a great pre-snap read to know to go to Cole Komet. The second, the next play, the was it 33 yards down the sideline to Montgomery? So, well, that's a great scramble drill play. Sure. Pinpoint but that's throw. despite the... I guess my point is that's despite the lack of protection and um, their passing plays. Those are those are those are passing uh, down evaluations that you're not getting enough of right now. Honestly, that you want to evaluate. So, considering that Fields just gave those to you again, I'm going with like, why are you, why are you pounding him with the run right now? I just didn't yeah. really get it. As we talked to J.T. Sullivan uh, earlier last week, you know, you still want to see him throw with some anticipation. But I, I could tell you, from our vantage point in the press box, we, we got a lot of, like, end zone views, like watching the all-22 from the end zone. There's, like, no separation sometimes. And you can get why he feels frustrated in the pocket or why he feels frantic in the pocket because the pressure was there. Some blowing assignments again up front. And when he doesn't see the separation in the secondary – He's going to hold the ball a little bit. So in this game, I am siding with the argument that the help wasn't good enough. Absolutely wasn't good enough. The separation wasn't there. I thought that scramble and throw to Equinemius St. Brown was fantastic. I didn't see any separation in the secondary. I liked the throw down the seam to Cole Komet. There were some outstanding throws today. Darnell Mooney blamed himself for the deep shot that was missed by the by the pair. Let's talk about that one, help. too. Yeah, yeah. Darnell so, Mooney's? Yeah, tell us what Darnell said because you were there. Yeah, I, I had asked him if he got tripped up with the cornerback because that's what everybody, at least what I saw from our end zone view. Cornerback was on the ground, did like the somersault, and I, I, I thought for a second, heck, I put it on Twitter, that I thought that Darnell Mooney got tripped up a bit in that situation. He said he did not. They're turning lights off on me in this oh, box. No. Let, me, let me move real quick, try to get it's some all right. It's still brighter around. than your normal studio. <laughs> Burn taken. Um <laughs> He said he was tired from the the previous plays. I want to say there were a couple quick screens to him where he had to fight through some yardage on that possession. Um, and he said he didn't have the boost that he normally would have to make the extra few steps to chase down a ball like that. So he blamed himself for not getting to that. Well, I think it would have been like a, what, a 66-yard reception? Yeah. Maybe a little shorter. I, I could be wrong in my notes there. I don't have them in front of me. But Darnell Mooney definitely blamed himself for not making that catch. Yeah, I think it's um, it's almost like that missed extra point last week where it was on the snapper holder and kicker. Like, to me, the throw was a little bit too far, right? I think part of it still you got to put on field. Something was off with that route. When they showed the replay... I could see that he didn't really get slowed down too much by that quick contact that happened with the corner. 
But I was thinking, like, I don't feel like he's running full speed on this route. So I'm glad he said that after the game, that he was he was tired from the previous reps. Well, this is where the third part comes in. On the coaching. Part of your job is the position coach or whoever's job it is down there on the sideline. Usually the position coach. You have a wide receiver rotation. There's a reason why when a guy runs a go route, they almost always come out of the game because you give them a breather for a play. They're tired. And sometimes that happens on other routes and other plays. So if you're calling a play, a bomb downfield to a player who's tired and can't run that route, well, there's a breakdown in the coaching. Either that player should be out of the game or the play shouldn't be called, one or the other. That's going to be an interesting line of questioning, I think, for Matty Rufus tomorrow is the communication on his sideline. Those are Luke, those are, those are Luke Getz's play calls. They yeah. are. But the communication amongst the offensive coaches when. Nearly all of them are on the sideline. All of them are on the sideline. Um, there's a couple in the press box. But the communication needs to be better. The The in and out needs to be better of, of the receivers. You saw Cole Komet come in and out a few times. Um, interesting game. Like you, you saw guys take a few snaps off because they seemed tired by the situation. I don't know if it was them playing indoors where it was a little bit warmer. Uh uh, Justin Fields talked about some of, I, I, he didn't really mention dehydration, but he hinted at it a little bit. Well, that, obviously that's a, a sign of cramping, but something was off in terms of how the players felt in this loud indoor environment. Maybe Not so much loud, more Bears fans were, were here than Falcons fans. Let me clarify that, but the, the indoor environment, it was a cold day outside here in Atlanta, but it was pretty warm inside. I think it's fair to wonder then why they practiced outside so much this week. <laughs> If dehydration and cramping became an issue inside, I I think that's a fair thing to wonder about. Something to bring up tomorrow. I don't know. Um, yeah. So I thought Jaquan Brisker played well. I thought Jack Sanborn played well. He had his moments. He had his moments. Well, he, he also had that bears. opportunity to make the uh, that play in the backfield. See, I have two thoughts on that. One, it's a hell of a read. You yeah. could see him actually like shift over and, and, and get ready to, to run through that gap, to read that play, to, to, to get to Patterson. But Patterson is pretty damn hard to tackle. I think we saw that on the kickoff return. Well, yes, you I want him to. I, I, no one really touched about the kickoff return. Yeah, that's true. And, oh, and Cairo, Cairo Santos just kind of ran like, with him. Good. Yeah, <laughs> Business good. decision yeah. right there, which, which is fine. Which is fine. We don't want to have another kicking derby at Hallis Hall to cover. But. In in that situation, I liked how he read that play. Yes, he needs to bring him down, but he but he actually started that TFL on third down of all plays. I like how they rallied to the ball. The defense, for all the criticisms they take, you know, they still <laughs> it's like those plays on special teams. They're just starting to loom large. And I know they made their own. DHC had the forced fumble. Jack Sanborn recovered it, but that kickoff return really changed the momentum of this game. Like the play before yeah. that is the Justin Fields touchdown run, four yard score, great blocking. Then you get this record setting touchdown, changed the whole mood of the football game. Yeah. And, and that's been, unfortunately, that's been a theme the last few weeks is some, some big play on special teams that has directly influenced the game, whether it was the block punt. Against the Dolphins, I went for a touchdown. The missed extra point last week, and now this week the the kickoff return for a the Bayless Jones Jr. A couple muffed yeah. punts. Those plays loom large, but that's 
That's what you get when you have a team that's as young as the Bears. You have a quarterback who's learning a new system, a first-time play caller. Their margin for error is just so slim. So slim. Where the third phase kind of ruins everything just because of how they're playing and how they're learning and how they're having so many bad moments in the other two phases. Their margin of error is so slim on special teams that those few plays cannot be as defining as they are. Well, it's a good lesson. I think we got to stop picking the Bears. Because I, I said it again today on the pregame. I'm like, well, I think if you just line up the offense and defenses, the Bears should win this game. And if they don't, it's going to be because they give up another either pick six or special teams touchdown. Well, they gave up the special teams touchdown. So maybe Mr. Special Teams should factor that into his predictions. <laughs> yeah, Mr. Special Teams. <laughs> because uh, it's now cost them like four games. Some special teams yes, play. Yes, yes, absolutely. Yes. Maybe five. You could argue five, actually. It, it has f- affected outcomes. To go back to the Giants game, they had a muff punt too, right? So Yeah, two muff punts for Valus Jones this year. So you got two games with muff, muff punts, two games with uh, touchdowns given up on a punt and a kick return, and then you have the missed extra point. That's crazy. You know the Bears now have seven games this season in which they had a lead and blew it and lost? Young team. Yeah. I guess that's a positive, right? Well, they're in the games. We had this discussion earlier. I think it's a they're depends how games. you look at we it. We thought they'd be in games going to this season. Yeah, we did not think they'd be a pushover. They have not been a pushover. I think the the frustration is is that they've lost four in a row. What is it like? Seven of the last eight as well? Mm-hmm. I could be wrong in my math there, but it's not good. You could feel in that locker room. Heck, you could feel it in the press box after Justin Fields interception. The Bears front office was pissed. Oh, Not really? so much about the the fields thing, I you know I mean well that obviously that played well, into it. But I have a feeling they were pissed about that. Yes, they they want the wins. They're tired of losing as well. For as much as they don't want, for maybe they like I think at the end of the day they'll take the the higher draft pick. But right now, the team that they've put together, they want to see it win. And they're close. They're close. They're they're definitely close. Um, but close enough to lose close games sometimes in an ugly fashion. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Are you ready to watch Trevor Simeon next week against the Jets, who punted, I think, 1,200 times today? The Jets had two yards of offense in the second half today. Two. Sometimes you just, like, luck your way in the two yards. Speaking of that, so somehow spin that back to Fields. You know Fields only had, like, 10 yards rushing in the second half? So, again, with why are you running the ball there with him? Well, the third quarter, which is has been Fields' best quarter, belonged to the Falcons. Three and out. I think it was a three and out to kick off the, the second half. Yep. Not good. Not good. All right. Um, if you had to guess, is this going to be something that keeps Fields out, or is it too early to know? I think this is going to be a case. Educated guess here, everybody. Educated guess where you have to protect the player from himself, Mm -hmm. where he would probably 
like to gut this out to play for his teammates. But if you're Ryan Poles and Matt Eberflus and even Luke Getze, you got to be like, no, man. We have to think long term here. You need to give yourself some rest, depending how severe that sprain is, the potential AC joint sprain. You have to, to heal. If it's affecting your throwing motion, that's not good. You can't run as effectively as you can. Opposing players are going to take their te- uh, cheap shots at you. Protect yourself. or have us, Let us protect you. You're not playing. Take the week off. We'll be okay against the Jets. Well, especially the way their offense is running right now. He literally is the offense. He, he is, is the offense. And, and honestly, his legs can probably use a week off at this point, let alone the shoulder. And he's going to take a hit, and it's going to probably hurt. So... That will be an interesting decision made. Well, I th- think about the game planning and, and how you – a lot of the conversation this past week, especially with Jalen Johnson gutting out an injury, is when is enough enough? When do you have lesser players out there? When do you not have the best chance to win because you're playing injured players? When your offense is just in fields and he's not feeling himself and you don't want to risk further damage, you don't want to call as many design runs, his throwing motion is affected, then it's probably a good decision to sit him out for a week, Adam. And there's some precedent because look at Tevin Jenkins today. Which one of those players do you think gave the Bears a better chance to win? Tevin Jenkins or Michael Schofield? Yeah. And they activated... Jenkins, but only in an emergency situation. Good enough to back up in a pinch. And they were, you know, which is interesting in the fallout of Jalen Johnson last week, who was fine by Wednesday. So that's still a whole weird thing. But, um, (laughs) yeah, a lot of good points. I think there's a lot of good points for not playing Fields this week, as much as I do not want to cover a game (laughs) without him out there right now, since he is basically the whole team. Um, Changes the angles a little bit, doesn't it? Yeah. Doesn't it? Adam? Get them ready for the Packers, right? This kind of this kind of feels like one of those seasons, like lost seasons, where they you look back on it five years from now, and you're like, I remember that year the Bears somehow beat the Packers, though. Like, wasn't there wasn't there like a Dick Duran year like that where they were awful, but they still managed to beat Green Bay? Yeah, I think John Fox had one of those years as well. Yeah. I Bears fans will probably take it, especially the group of fans who want the higher draft pick. If one of those wins, one of those four wins, are against the Packers, feels pretty good by the end of the day. Well, I have to go back and bring up that stat I found earlier in the year. Remember that like the last seven or eight head coaches, Bears head coaches, have won at least one game against the Packers in their first year. So... Throw all your eggs in that basket. Well, weeks. Mr. Special Teams better still consider what happens on special teams Yeah, uh, in that lesson, one as well. Lesson learned. One one catastrophe every week. You know, the unit as a whole isn't that bad. They they tend to do okay. But What did you think of Matty Bufloos' decision to kick the 56-yarder, which would, would, would have been a new career high for Cairo Santos? Yeah, but only one more yard... You're indoor. I think his previous career high is 55. You're indoors. Um, I'm sure it was based on intel from pregame warm-ups and whatever he's doing in practice right now. You don't kick that unless you have a relatively high confidence he's going to make it because you know if you miss it, the field position right there, they're probably yeah. going to score, which it, is what well, they it, did. It just, it just happened. You know, I, I guess I follow that more under a um, – a, you got to trust the player there. He hasn't missed a field goal all year. It's a makeable kick for him. 
it was he kicked a bad ball there. I'm sure Cairo yeah. did Cairo talk after the game. He, he did. He did. He said he got too much ball. Um, yeah, because the snap was fine. Yeah. The hold was good. Line drive, probably he too high in the ball. He probably kicked it high on the ball, and it just it came out funny. It never looked good. Um, yeah, he didn't almost made it though. Yeah, almost yeah. got there. If he kicks that true though, end over end, it, it it's it's clearing. He he's so. Uh, I mean, I think it's a lot to criticize the coach for trusting a guy who hasn't missed a field goal all year. You know, in that situation where I'm sure, based on pregame warmups, it was within his range. I have more of a problem with not only on that drive, but another drive where they backed up out of field goal range. There's too much of that going on today. And oh. I thought that play right before that, before that field goal, like, I didn't like the play design. Come up with something quick, get your five yards, make sure you're in field goal range, and make it. They made life too hard on themselves today, I thought, Yeah, with the play calling. Well, one final thought. I know you're going to ask before we get out of here. The Any Falcons. Oh, come on. Okay. <laughs> I'm getting. Fine. I'm gonna give it to you. So I just thought if I asked, then you. Then I was about like, to say it anyway, but now I don't want to give it. To but you. I thought if I asked, then you'd be like, I'm no, a nice enough know. guy, not for you, but for everybody else listening right now or watching right now live on YouTube. Here's my final thought. Okay, not for me. The Falcons. No, you could turn it off. The Falcons played Justin Fields differently than previous defenses. On the zone read, the zone option stuff, the mesh charge, that's how they played those. And then they played a lot of quarters defense to keep the safety involved in the run game. Look for that going forward because I thought it, it limited some things that the Bears wanted to do. Uh, definitely slowed down some of the game-breaking abilities of Justin Fields. I think more defenses, if Fields plays, will do that to him. Yeah. There was definitely... I got. I think you got to give the Falcons a lot of credit. They they managed to slow the Bears down. I thought that Bears could have done a better job though finding opportunities in the passing game against that not a good Falcons pass defense. Their play action stuff didn't work at all today. No, it didn't. And um, yeah, I just I, I don't I just you know what coaches are gonna have a bad day sometime, and I think this will cool the Getzy uh, Luke Getzy head coaching <laughs> hype. That's another final thought. He he went from like being a feared. Head coach candidate next year, where teams are all over him because he was listed on some NFL network list, to now being blamed for yep. the shoulder injury of Justin Fields and everybody wants to run him out of town. Yeah, well, this would qualify as crisis where last week was carnival for Luke Getze. Yes, yes. Um, alas, the Bears are three and eight. They, I believe, right now have the fourth overall pick in the NFL draft, unless some things have changed in these afternoon games. Um. Eh, okay. They got a lot to fix. They got a lot to fix. All right. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Adam Hogue at Adam Johns. You can read Johnsy on the Athletic. All his coverage from Atlanta. Kevin Fish game. Fish game. Kevin Fish game as well. Uh, <laughs> on the Athletic. Theathletic.com slash Hogue Johns. You can read me all c h g o dot com. All the content now unlocked at allchgo.com, except for my Bears Things newsletter, which you can get on Wednesdays if you are a CHGO diehard member. Appreciate everybody watching, listening. Please hit that subscribe button, the like button. Slam that like button. Is he slam? I think I say smash. I think the kids say smash it. You can slam it. Like I slammed my head against the couch today. They ran Justin Fields with a bum shoulder. Do. All right. Um, 
We're out of here. We'll talk to you Tuesday. See you. I was told that my Sia's have been weak lately by my good buddy Rich. So here you go. See ya. Mike. <laughs>